So, do you finally accept your destiny? Will you join us? And become one of the chosen? You will be accorded the privileges of the blood of Zoot. I have lost everything that has ever mattered to me because of you. Danny, my tribe, my freedom! And you ask me if I'll join you? I'd rather go to hell. That can be arranged. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 3 of Conversations with Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me in the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. We have episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 3, the screenplay was done by Carrie Rose. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis were read out by myself. Trudy and the Guardian work together to try and win over Bray, while Alice attempts to drive a wedge between them. Eddie is guilt-ridden over Jack's transportation, and Lex asks Pride for help. Okay, so with Bray still refusing to join the Chosen, the Guardian subjects him to sleep deprivation torture with flashing images and sounds of Zoot, which he struggles to fight against. Um, so yeah, I want to talk all about that opening scene panel. How do you feel about this insight into the Chosen's torture methods and the Guardian's character in trying to break Bray? It was a smart move. I do have to wonder how he got so many images of Zoot. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to mentally wreck Bray, just... Put him in a room, make him continuously see images of his dead brother that he cannot look away from because they're everywhere. And then that chanting, it's just, you know, I can imagine being able to block it out for a little bit. But during a night with no sleep after everything he's already been through. Yeah, it's a smart way to drive him insane. Yeah, it's just how you break people down. You know, you you keep them from the things they absolutely need, like food, water, leap and it doesn't take much to wreck our equilibrium as human beings like most of us think oh i could handle that but it's like could you handle being hungry thirsty exhausted when you're not allowed to even be calm you know when you're not allowed to you know oh i'm meditating or something or i'm choosing to fast or like just the sense of well-being is completely ripped away it's very easy to mess with somebody. That's what you do. You have to break them away from everything that would bring them peace, um, anything. And then you can just torment them. And uh, so, yeah, I was just like, okay, yeah, that, that seems pretty par for the course. Jaffa is very extra. And I did like that attention to detail as to how indoctrination can work. Um, I also just love the insight to Jaffa when he was with the Locos, taking pictures of Zoot all the time. Like, I wonder what Zoot must have thought of that. You know, like, okay, <laughs> this kid is always taking pictures of me. And does he, like, was Zoot aware that Jaffa was recording him? <laughs> like, wow. Hey, he had Jaffa as a campaign manager. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most brilliant people to get to do something like that i also just like the idea that you know repetition becomes truth eventually you know have something shouted at you long enough and it can rewire the synapses in your brain yep so yeah none of it felt far-fetched 
you know, it was like, yeah, this is just, this is torture, you know. Um, I did like the insight to how far they were willing to go, like what, you know, it's like, I, I like that everything we learn about the Chosen going forward, it's it's opening up, I guess you'd say, I don't think Trudy needs a redemption, but as a character, yes, you'd say this is the road to Trudy's redemption, understanding what Trudy went through. Because if you weren't convinced by her child being taken and used against her, now you're getting, you know, firsthand experience as to what Trudy was put through. And yeah. she didn't have the support of her friends or her family. Mm -hmm. She was all alone. And, you know, so I think that's also just good writing. Um, it almost makes you think they like Trudy. Uh, <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> because they want you to forgive her. And all of these things we're seeing are showing. And they're not only, you know, they're for Trudy. And they're also the setup for why the Mulrats will completely disintegrate under this kind of pressure. And um, I almost feel like somebody in the writing team, like the way Trudy was treated last season and I just feel like somebody joined the writing team who was like, hey, this girl deserves a chance. You guys have been really unfair to her and wanted to really show like a narrative that is a bit sympathetic to what she went through. Because we'll see people who cave under way less pressure than what mm -hmm. she must have gone through. You know what I mean? And um, mm -hmm. within days, they're like, whatever you want. <laughs> we'll say whatever you want, man. <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, I, I just, I like that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Cults are very, they're scary, but they're fascinating. And um, mm -hmm. most, most of us think we would never, we would never. I'm too strong-willed, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it's important to know it could happen to anyone. They just got to get you in the right frame of mind, the right state in your life, right set of circumstances, and you could be vulnerable to something like this, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you say it like that, I'm just now thinking about it. If it hadn't been Bray, but someone as strong-willed as Ebony in that room with those flashing images, with the trauma she already has about, you know, her time with Zoot and how everything happened. She yeah, gets her, I think she, she gets her turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was gonna, know, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> she, she gets her turn. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you would have placed her in this position, she would have cracked. Mm -hmm. um, that first scene with Jaffa trying to um, convert Bray. I like the fact that he's not putting any effort into it, showing that he doesn't want to convert Bray. He doesn't think it can happen. He's not interested. He doesn't want this threat around. Um, and of course, when Bray defies him, look at Jaffa's face. He's not surprised. This is exactly what he wanted. He was expecting to get. And he's like, okay, cool. You know, you said it. I, get, I can let you go now. I can just kill you and I don't have to deal with any fallout of that. And um, I just, I like that because it's just, there's these subtleties that let you see that Jaffa doesn't want to have to deal with Bray at all. He doesn't actually want to put the effort into trying to break Bray. I mean, we saw him put way more effort into Trudy just in the cave, you know, and yet here's a city leader mm -hmm. and there are a lot of people who would bend the knee if Bray did. And Jaffa's just like, nah, nah, I'm willing to take that chance. He can go. <laughs> I don't want to deal with him. Yeah, you know, and that makes sense, but... You can also see that tiny little hint in his eyes that just says, Oh, but if I could, just, you know, because no, he does not want Bray around. But there's a tiny little thing of, but what if we could manage it? Think of what that would say about Jaffa, about uh, his he, skills. You know, you know his, his pride would love it. Mm -hmm. But his, you know, his brains are like, dude, <laughs> dude, wild card. <laughs> Get no. rid of him. Get rid of him. 
So he gives I, them I a token yeah. choice. <laughs> I don't think he'd want to elevate Bray into any of his plans in or this kind of religion of Zoot. I don't. I think that would take too much, way too much power away from him himself. So I don't mm-hmm. think he'd ever realistically want that. <laughs> Though, yeah, he, for his pride, he would love to have been able to do it, but his mm-hmm. brain would have always said no. <laughs> Even if too he dangerous. managed, he would have eventually sent him to be reunited with Zoot. Yeah. Definitely. You know, he would have loved to have seen Bray on his knees joining them and then just going out with a oh yeah, we're giving him the great of great honor of reuniting him with his brother. Mm-hmm. Dude came to me and all that. Wonder how much of it plays a part. Now I mean Joff is smart. So like for example, when Ebony tried to make a deal with him, he wasn't taking that deal. He was never going mm-hmm. to give her anything. Um because he, he knew he was smart enough to know she can't be trusted and it's a bad look you know what i mean um so but i do wonder if he hadn't had this experience with trudy and realized what elevating trudy to power mm-hmm. like because i do feel like in the beginning he didn't think about it all that much you know he was very subservient to her and then i think once he elevated her to supreme mother he had to start dealing with the, the ramifications of having done that and she became a threat to him, one that he's always trying to choke down, you know, keep her in her place. And I wonder if that also plays a part in why he's like, nope, I'm not dealing with Bray at all, because I already got my hands full with this one over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, Bray would be, in his eyes, a more serious threat. I mean, at least with, you know, winning over Trudy, he was winning over a scared young girl with a lot to lose. Well, Whereas a tribe leader, a city leader, that it's way too dangerous. Chances are also different. I mean, he had Trudy like locked away. You know, when the chosen were still mm-hmm. kind of small, he had the the chance. He had the time to just do whatever he wanted to her. You know, mm-hmm. without any prying eyes. Like she was his personal pet project. But now they've taken over the city and you'll notice that Jaffa can't give anyone that kind of attention anymore, nope. you know, and Bray wouldn't be alone. He'd still have a support system behind him. He'd have access to other people. So even the circumstances are just completely different. He, you know, maybe if he kidnapped Bray and locked him away, he might've had a chance, but. Yeah, but not like this. Not like this. I mean, he might've had a chance if he would have dangled Danny alive and well in front of his eyes, but. Yeah, it doesn't help that Bray thinks Danny's dead. It <laughs> doesn't help. It doesn't endear him to you, Jaffa. Yeah, these, these torture scenes were really well done, I think. Um, definitely stands out. and You get to see the inner working of the Chosen. And it's just, I think it's just the small details as well. Like when you see him crying later on, like it's a small like, little detail that you don't really get to see usually from Bray. Um, while the, all the sounds are screaming at him, I think it just works really well. Yeah. Bray does like to play a tortured soul. I think it's just like the way he's presented, presented as well. Like, for example, like obviously that little moment of respite he gets before it suddenly starts mm-hmm. up again. And oh, you just yeah. feel so, so sorry for him. <laughs> Your heart breaks. It's like, oh. <laughs> um, and then, like, mm. you could, obviously you compare it to the like brainwashing scenes we get later on in the techno seasons. It's like, it doesn't really compare. <laughs> it's those little details that help elevate it. Yeah. You know, Jaffa was the mastermind for this. You feel like time has actually passed. You actually feel like Bray has been up all for, you know, all night. 
hours and hours upon hours of just flashing lights and chaotic sounds or the only word you can really hear is zoot you know just i mean that would mess with anybody anybody would want to mm-hmm. scream or cry of doing that for how many hours could you do that i want you to really think about that like how many <laughs> hours could you sit in that room without wanting to lo- just lose your mind you know i and that's that's even if you don't have anything on the line you know, <laughs> you know what i mean like you're in a good headspace like that would mess you up pretty fast you know and he hasn't eaten he hasn't drank anything he hasn't slept he's still injured you know apparently still kind of hurt and like oh my gosh he thinks people he cares about are dead and it's just wow and you feel it it really feels like time has mm-hmm. passed and i think the makeup like does you know he looks haggard you know and uh it's he sounds haggard yeah. he sounds so broken like please i'll just, just please stop please can you just imagine being locked in that room for that amount of time with all that around you? It's just, even if it wasn't about his brother, it would have been a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It didn't. Even, it didn't even have to be about Zoot. You know, it could have been anything—just noise and light like that. You can't escape it. Yeah, but the fact that it is—you know—the image of his dead baby brother staring at him from those walls. Yeah. I feel sorry for Bray, I really do. Yeah, it once again proves how skilled the Guardian is at thinking about ways to torture people. I mean, we don't think Bray was in love with Danny, but he did at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. He believed he was in love with her. And for all he knows, is she's dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, is, this happened to me again. And it's just all tight. It's all too personal. Everything. It's mm-hmm. all too personal. And yeah, like you said, I mean, this is this, this ghost of his little brother. And oh my gosh, the psychological torment this guy is going mm-hmm. through. And the Trudy, someone he genuinely he cares about. He's not good at always showing it. But I do believe on some level he cares about her very deeply. Uh, probably more than most people. Uh, I just think he forgets about it most of the time. Um, and she's the one who's betrayed them. You know, I, just, I can't. It's endless what could be going through his mind that could drive him crazy. Like, Bray could go crazy from his own thoughts alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think about it, it, I do wonder if it's just, you know, his his feelings of friendship for Trudy uh, later on that, you know, make, make him want to help her. Or just, you know, or that this plays into it because he knows what he might have gone through. Yeah. Or he just stopped being mad at her, you know. Once he stopped mm-hmm. being mad at her, he was able to think clearly about the situation. And he was yeah. able to see she was a victim in this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we've all been pushed to do really messed up things in this world, trying to survive. And, uh, you know, we've forgiven a lot of sins from people, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that just came from a clear head and letting the anger go. I feel nothing for the Mallrats. They are shadows from another life. Then why feed them? I know their ways. We will win them over more quickly with kindness than with threats. Too much kindness weakens the character. We wouldn't want that to happen to the child of Zoot now, would we? No, Guardian, no! Please, no! You may have access. No! Guardian, no! She belongs to the Chosen. 
right, let's yeah, let's move on to Trudy's punishment because a really interesting scene. So when the Guardian catches the more rats with some bread, Alice takes a lot of delight in informing him that it all came from Trudy. And he immediately punishes Trudy by taking away Brady, telling her that she can have access, but that Brady belongs to the Chosen. Um, yeah, what did you make of that? Antonia. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. This, this girl sold this. Like, there's just a, this is one moment, okay, when, you know, when he steps towards her, the way she recoils and holds on to Brady and the way she says, no, guardian, no. And it's just like, immediately you are transported into what's happened to her before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, th- th- this is normal, him using her daughter like this against her, taking her child from her. I love the fact that before he's even said a word, she's already backing away from him, threatened and afraid and begging, please don't do what you're going to do. I'm begging you, don't do what you're going to do. You know, and just clinging to Brady. Oh, she sold that. I actually mm-hmm. felt chills at that. Like, just having to live in fear of someone doing this to you all the time. You know what I mean? And even being able to read their body language, like knowing when it's coming. And, oh, my gosh. She's a queen. She's a queen. Mm-hmm. How can people not feel bad for Trudy in this? <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I mean, you can see it, and Antonia plays it beautifully. It's it's heartbreaking. I mean, she tries to tell him with a, look, they're easier one over with kindness. And he's like, I didn't say you could do that. And he just instantly punishes her. Yeah, his punishments are so arbitrary. She thought mm-hmm. she was playing by his rules, you know? Yeah. And as soon as she oversteps in any way, and again, it's so arbitrary. Like, it's, there's not, like, there's a rule book she can really follow. She's tried. She's trying. And it's just all he has to do is be rubbed the wrong way by her taking any kind of authority. And he's not consistent with that. Nope. And so it's just, like, to have to live in that kind of fear from someone. And he, it's like, what rubbed him the wrong way? You know, it's because her doing this made him look bad in front of the Marats. It's because of, like, Alice, you know? Like, it <laughs> challenged him. So now he's got to punish her for it, even though... In another circumstance, yeah. he wouldn't think she did anything wrong. And it's just like, oh my gosh. I, I think he's mainly pissed off that um, Alice saw through the fact that he did not know Trudy did this. You know, had, had he been informed, had he told him up front, like, look, you're playing bad cop. I'm going to play good cop. See if that can win them over more easily. He would have been fine with it. But being confronted with the fact that she did something that he clearly wasn't aware of and being called out by someone he sees as a mere puny little slave <sighs> yeah pisses him off it's a great scene it might it might be my favorite in the whole episode i just the acting between these two is so great i mm-hmm. i even love the fact that he's not even saying anything that threatening but his body language and the dynamic between these two just tells a story you know and i'm just like Anybody who's been in an abusive relationship can relate, like, sees it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh, my gosh, I know what that fear is like. Everything tightens and recoils, you know, and it's just just really brilliantly done. Most of the scenes between Trudy and the Guardian are just brilliant. They they tell a really great story with these two. This is some strong writing. This is, like, the back and forth in an abusive relationship, and it's just... I don't feel like they pulled any punches. I think they did a really great job. She doesn't belong to you. She belongs to the Chosen. 
Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Having to live with that, having to live with that, you know, and something she fears every day. But, you know, sometimes she'll get on a good streak and she doesn't displease him and she gets to have her daughter with her all the time. But all he has to do is step on attack and she's the one who bears the brunt of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, not just her, that little baby as well. You can't tell me it's good for a child that age to constantly being snatched from her mother. And then you have the fear as a parent that because Brady is so young while this is happening to her, she may grow up without even an awareness of what the relationship mm-hmm. between she and her mother is actually supposed to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not just taking her away from me physically, you're taking her away from me emotionally and psychologically, mm-hmm. you know? And you're normalizing this separation between us that Brady will think this is just the way it is. That her mother isn't, you know, this loving, protective person that you're supposed to be with, but just, you know, a figurehead in the clan she's grown up in. And like that, that would terrify me as a parent to think Mm -hmm. of that happening with my child. Yeah. And, and not just that, but also, you know, for Trudy in this moment, again, to just, you know, to be reminded that, you know, we, need her we don't really need you we need your child and we can do that without you yeah <laughs> just you know the real threat of him getting rid of her or you know locking her up somewhere just to rot while brady goes with the chosen growing up without her it's it's nothing any mother should ever go through and also when you think about everything trudy did just to get back with brady she just spent mm-hmm. weeks separated from her kid having to sneak away just so she could see brady mm-hmm. for minutes at a time you know at best maybe she'd get an hour with her if she was able to get away and see her daughter only after she had and she couldn't just go like she always had to have something important to tell jaffa so she couldn't just go for a day visit like oh i just wanted to see the divine child no she would have to wait until she had something of use to tell Jaffa so she'd be rewarded with her, you know, a little time with her daughter. Mm -hmm. And, and she spent weeks doing that weeks, just trying not to get caught and making sure she didn't fail at this test. And she passed. She did exactly what he wanted. He got his city. She's with her baby girl. Screw everything else. She's got her child and he's still taking her kid away from her. Mm-hmm. anytime he she messes up and she's like how did i mess up this time like come on again abusers yeah. are always raising the bar <laughs> just like can i get a reprieve <laughs> come on oh my gosh what else could she possibly do to prove to him that she's with the chosen she just betrayed everybody she knew and cared about mm-hmm. and that's not good enough and it never will be never will be and, and Antonia, she just plays it perfectly, you know, and just the way she breaks, just like, it wasn't even worth it, everything she just did. And, oh my gosh, it's never going to end, you know, like, I don't know if that's like the moment you realize this is, this is a train I'm never getting off, never getting to my destination. And this will never be over. The torment is never going to be over. In future, any nourishment you receive will follow the worship of him. So you're saying no worship, no food? You're forgetting, Celine. I didn't say that. Zoot did. 
following on from this scene, after Brady has been taken away from her, Trudy, who seems to have learned her lesson, later visits the Moorats, telling them that they must first worship Zoot if they want to be fed again. And afterwards, the Moorats actually have a debate on whether they should keep fighting or play along. And we see May, Selene and KC appearing willing to give up in order to get some food. Um, so yeah, what do you make of Trudy's visit and the cracks that we are seeing between the Moorats? I like that Trudy's visit shows the cycle. When Jaffa got mad, mm-hmm. he went and took it out on Trudy. So there's Trudy devastated on the rocks. She needs to take it out on somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she needed something. So she goes down and spend, you know, just to show off her superiority to the mall rats and to let them know that she does not plan on feeding them anymore. And that, you know, unless you do what you're supposed to, you're going, you know, you, no worship, no food. She just needed that. And I just thought that was an interesting, you know, cycle of just the same kind of behavior being passed down through abuse, you know, yeah. because there was no reason for her to go see them at all. She needed to be be with people who are beneath her, stretch her muscles to make up for what just Jaffa had just put her through, you know, in the same way that Jaffa was stretching his muscles with her. So I just, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's a way for her to cope. And uh, the cracks. Yeah, I th- I think they've done a pretty realistic job of showing that the, these were not a, they weren't a tight knit group. You know, they had their moments, but season two really fractured these guys a lot. And so showing this discord and how easy it is to come between them right now, it's very believable. It's believable to people who are willing to just say whatever. Like I like I think I think they did a good yeah. job with that. And it instantly shows. Um, who the first ones to crack will be because, you know, you have Celine who just has zero backbone whatsoever. And then you have KC and May who, you know, will always look after number one first. Survivors by nature. Yeah. So I like that they didn't it make sense. It didn't feel like anyone was out of character. I wasn't surprised. Like, what? I'm, I'm glad they didn't try to pull any fast ones. You know, they actually paid attention to these characters and who would do this? Who would crack under this pressure first? Who would be the first to be like, you know what? I'm tired of not eating. <laughs> it's been three days. <laughs> I can't want to take a bath. <laughs> it, it wouldn't have made any sense if the first to break would have been people like Ellie or Alice or Tyson for that matter. You know, so I, I do like that. And then you have your one, the silent ones in the groups. And uh, who are waiting to just see which way the wind blows. and Or they're just not the ones who tend to complain the most when things get rough. And so, yeah, I just, I like that. That it's in character. It's not a surprise yeah. that May is, you know, she's been the first to say something from the very beginning. It's not a surprise that Casey is just thinking, look, guys, this is not what I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I take the easy road. This is, you know what I mean? This is ridiculous. But at the same time, they're all doing it in different ways, you know? Yeah. Like, Casey, Casey isn't trying to really convince anybody else to join the Chosen. And he's not about to turn on his group, which is in character yeah. for Casey. He just expresses, hey, if anybody decides that we should join them, I just want you to know I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so Casey. But you'll notice he doesn't flip on his tribe. He never ends up betraying his mm-hmm. tribe. You know, whereas like May, who has no real connection, <laughs> she's just like, look, you guys were nice and you're let me come here and stuff. <laughs> hey, you know, May has been there before. 
she may is kind of just like look i don't want to seem ungrateful for your hospitality or anything <laughs> but, but you know these guys have more food right now so i, I go where the food is I really don't like this bed this bnb okay i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> this was a bad choice <laughs> like she wants to leave the party without looking like a jerk <laughs> I just love it though because especially since we do know that May has been with them before when she was hungry and you know they offered shelter they offered food that's why I feel so sorry for her <laughs> I do I do feel sorry for her so when she gets mad at the Marads I don't I can't resent her for that no exactly you know so she's like that person who agreed to go to your wedding because she thought it would be an open bar and now she's trying to figure out how to leave without the bride and groom getting mad you know mm -hmm. um, and then you've got celine who can't do anything on her own so she's immediately trying to convince everybody that they should do this but it's not because she cares about everybody else it's just for her own well-being you know and what would be easier for her and uh so yeah it's just this nicely in character yeah, you know, and if if she, especially with Celine, if if the others would do the same thing, she would not have to think she was a bad person. Exactly. Or KC's more like, oh, we're not joining. Fine, he'll just go pout somewhere. <laughs> Hang around a while. I'll make a fisherman out of you yet. It's not part of the plan. We're heading back into the city. That's where all our friends are. And his wife. To take on the chosen. It's the plan. I wish you luck, friends. I was hoping for more than that. Lex, as much as I'd love to help. We need you. Lex, don't beg. Yeah, it's really not your thing. Confrontation is not my way, nor the way of my tribe. But yeah, what did you make of the little tidbits we learned about Pride's tribe and obviously Ebony's continued attempts to shut Lex down concerning their leader? Okay, okay. let's be fair, Liz. All right. Okay. If I can take away my bias, because I know where this is going. I think Pride's tribe sounds intriguing. I mm -hmm. think that if you didn't know where this was going, that there is an interesting intrigue that Ebony is so against getting help, where Lex is actually thinking, look, we got to get everyone from the mall. We can't do it just the two of us. You know, every tribe we know has been taken over by the Chosen or has joined the Chosen. We need outside help. So it's kind of interesting to see Lex being reasonable about this because he has something to focus on. His wife is back there and he regrets not saving her. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so if you didn't know it was going, there's a kind of, there's an interesting intrigue. You want to know why Ebony is so quick to shoot down what sound like reasonable suggestions, mm -hmm. considering they don't have any other options except to storm the Capitol, just the two of them. You know what I mean? And it's like, so that's without my bias, okay? <laughs> yeah, and and why would Ebony storm the Capitol, you know? She wants to, it's like, what do, what do you want, Ebony? If you don't, you, are you gonna try and rescue Bray? What's your plan? What is going on with you anyway? Like, why are you still hanging out with Lex? If you've given up That's on trying question. to save Bray, yeah. mm -hmm. and you're not interested in getting help to save the mall rats, why haven't you just left? What are you yes. doing here, Ebony? What's going on here? I thought the whole point of you was leaving the city because you didn't want to die. So why are you still here? That is such a good question. <laughs> I didn't think about I, that. I, yeah. I, I still say that's about Bray. Because she's I mean, not 
talking about still saving Bray. Yeah, she's already she's given just, up yeah. on it. As soon Good as Bray question. went missing, Lex was like, well, we got to find out what happened to him. She immediately said, screw it. I'm not going on this adventure with you, Lex. And Lex calls her out like, oh, I get it. You wanted a cabin in the woods with Bray, mm-hmm. but now he's gone and you don't want anything to do with this anymore. And I'm like, that's cool. So why are you still here, Ebony? What you doing? <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> we know why she's here, but I'm just saying, if you didn't know, it's actually kind of interesting. You got some questions. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, now we learn more about pride and more about his tribe. It's just, you know, you, it's clear her motivation is to at least make sure that Lex doesn't go with Pride because, yes, that leader sounds familiar. Because he doesn't want that truth exposed. And see, there's the other part of it that, okay, now the biased glasses are off. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said sorry. the nice stuff. I did it. I said the nice stuff. So, <laughs> because sorry. we know where this is going... This is all really stupid. Okay, this is really bad writing. And it's it's so forced. It's so forced, you know. And again, even if, okay, Ebony just doesn't want Lex to go find out that, you know, this mystery woman is somebody she left to die. Whatever. <laughs> Why don't you leave, Ebony? <laughs> you don't need to be there if Lex finds that out. <laughs> you could just bail. Why are you still hanging around for this ride? Like, what? is your objective right now ebony that is what is frustrating she does not need to be there that is that is you said it yeah i can't, I can't argue against that why is she okay. there if it were bray talking to pride and something pride said and it was bray saying wow that reminds me of someone i used to know i could understand ebony not wanting bray to find out mm-hmm. because Sometimes she gets in that headspace where it really matters to her what Bray thinks of her. Mm-hmm. I can understand her doing everything in her power to steer him away. But of course, he'd still be there. So she'd be holding on to the hope of running away with him. But Bray isn't here. And it's like she's already given up on finding him or saving him. And yet she's still hanging around and trying to deter Lex from finding this out. And it's like, just leave. You clearly don't care about Bray right now. So just go away before he ever finds out what you did. You know, I just, mm-hmm. and it, so it's, everything feels very forced. The conversations they're having, the hints they're dropping, it doesn't feel organic conversation. And again, I don't know why the first person that Lex thinks of at Pride's description is Amber, of all people. You know, I just, someone he hasn't thought about in ages, you know, and, hmm. Yeah, very, very forced. See, at, at this point uh, in time, I did wonder if... Lex was just commenting that because he noticed how annoyed Ebony got when he said it the first time. I mean, at least that's something I could, you know, allow Lex to do. If Lex can annoy Ebony with something, he will. Doesn't really need a good reason. It's just fun. Um, like, did it annoy you that he didn't still didn't say her name? He's like, oh, it just reminds me of someone. <laughs> Like, why are they covering her name? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit weird. Convers- yeah. think this is, they think this is clever writing. <laughs> she is she who shall not be named. I don't know why they're still trying to make it a surprise when somebody already put her face in the credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even then, this is the second time they've talked about it. Like, you wouldn't say, oh, someone. Like, you'd say who you remind you of. Like, you wouldn't keep saying, oh, you reminds me of someone. Or who? Like, it's just... The conversation is it, it just doesn't feel natural. 
even if the only reason he's here is for what's coming, I like him. He's a nice new character, mm-hmm. you know, um, a different kind of character. And it's introducing us to a new way of living again, which we haven't really seen since, well, I mean, yeah. since Ali and Ellis. I'm sorry, now yeah. I'm saying it the way they do. <laughs> <laughs> Ali and oh. Ellis. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> Ellie and Alice. <laughs> Since they left the farm, we haven't seen the way other people may be living outside of the city, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a nice, refreshing uh, moment that, yes, people are still surviving outside of the city and they're doing just fine and they're not involved in these kind of conflicts. And uh, there are op- there are options. <laughs> yeah. You could live a different way. And that's just nice yeah. to see that other people are evolving. Yeah, it, it made me think about, you know, what Del wanted in... One of the first episodes, you know, go out there, live off the land. Yeah, it's, I, I have to say, I did find it funny to see Lex actually ask how Pride caught that fish, you know, showing some interest because clearly this guy has a skill that Lex doesn't have that could be useful to know. I do think it's a, an interesting theme that keeps coming up in the show that whenever we do meet people who are living a completely different life outside of the city, it either goes pear-shaped, like they're evil or something, or their lives are destroyed by meeting our main characters. <laughs> <laughs> their peaceful existence is completely upended, yep. and they lose all of the contentment they once had. I do think that's kind of a funny theme that just mm-hmm. keeps happening. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking right now, the only one who really escaped that is Sasha. Oh, we know he died of the plague, though, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Nah. He may have carried it from town to town, but he didn't die of it. That's that's so true. Their morats have tainted everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. People who are just minding their business, they end up in the Mallrats orbit, and nothing's good is coming from it. I'm just telling you. Like, yep. (laughs) You see that pentangle, run for your life. These mall rats are evil. They're just bad juju, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no amount of karma resetting Tyson can do to fix that. Like, the only characters who escape are the ones who literally escape. <laughs> like, who make the choice to run away from the mall rats. Mm-hmm. Are the only ones who you could say possibly had a happy ending but that's what you have to do like you have to be like i'm leaving the show so i can live happily my characters can be okay because i know what will happen if we stay (laughs) that's foreshadowing for you pride nothing good is going to come of this Mm -hmm. your life is going downhill (laughs) (laughs) poor poor pride and, you know, I, and I really like him, especially at this moment in time. He's uh, yeah, at this moment in time, you know, I, I like him. Yeah, mm. yeah. At, at this, you know, the way Pride is right now, he's you know he's kind of mysterious, but he's a practical guy. He can take care of himself. Yeah, I like that. Pride's only real crime is being a guy who wants to do the right thing. That's pretty much it. That's why mm. he ends up where he ends up. He's just a nice guy who's doing his best to be his best self in this world. And then he met the mall rats. And then he met the mall rats. <laughs> and it doomed him. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you would have been better off leaving them in that trap and going on your way, Pride. Because everything you love, everything you care about is 
about to be destroyed over the next year or so. You will, you'll never be happy. You'll never be happy again. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> 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 oh, poor guy. See, Sasha was like, I love you, Amber, but not that much. I'm out! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Making Sasha the smartest one. You can come with me, but I am not staying here. <laughs> did you ever imagine us saying that Sasha, Sasha was the smartest one of all? He ran. Well, Sasha, maybe Paul, but that's that's the only way you survive. The more rats curse. Yeah. You have to run away. <laughs> you have to run away. You have to disappear. It's a very short list. Yeah, Paul, D, and Patch. <laughs> mouse. Run away. I suppose yeah. Uh, mouse. Yeah. yeah. I had to run away. I mean, I don't like Amber's resurrection, but even her life will be doomed once the Mallrats come back into it. Yep. It'll just be she tragedy. Tried away. She tried to run away. Right. It'll just be one tragedy after another for her, for now, for till the end of time. I know you can't accept what I've done. My mind might be with the Chosen. But my heart is with you. See, that's not possible because you don't have one. If only you knew. All the hours, days, nights I have spent longing for you. You'll get over it. Yeah, given one last chance to win Bray over by the Guardian, Trudy begs him to join them, otherwise he will be killed. Making clear her feelings for him at the same time. But when he's unconcerned for his own life, she tells him that the lives of the rest of the Morats depend on him. Disgusted at her, he finally agrees, but tells her plainly that he doesn't want to hear her talk about love ever again. I mean, yeah, what did you make of that scene between Trudy and Bray? Really good scene. Yep. Usually Dwayne, you know, I, I don't think Dwayne's as strong as an actor um, as Antonia, at least at this point in time. But he really is holding his own in the scene with her. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... The chemistry is really great. The emotion is awesome. I I mean, Antonia still steals the scene because she's just so good at conveying how many emotions a person can literally have at one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she just always, she's just really good at looking at a person having to, you, you look, she looks like she's thinking. She looks like she's swallowing down words that she wishes she could say and constantly recalibrating herself. And yeah. ah, she's brilliant, yeah. but he does hold his own in here. And you can definitely feel this is a man who doesn't feel he has any reason to care about anything anymore. Like he is selling this. Yeah. This sense of, I've I've lost everything. I just don't care. And you know, like he is in the pit of despair. The morning that he never actually like the grief process he never got to finish over Amber, mm-hmm. that can of worms has been completely opened up again. You know, and he's very convincing. Yeah. When he's like, I don't care. I don't care about my own life. You know what I mean? Like, like just his disregard for the mall rats. I can't help them. What am I, you know what I mean? What am I supposed to do for them? I can't even help myself. Like, he really sounds like someone. Yeah. I, I've reached the bottom. I've reached the bottom yeah. and I don't even care anymore. You know, and his contempt, his contempt, you know, granted, I, f- I feel like he's being a little, you know, self-righteous here, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's right. Um... He will eventually get over it, but. It's at least justified that he's able to look at Trudy and not have an ounce of empathy or sympathy for her or take any responsibility for why she is in the situation she's in, you know, all that jazz. 
And um, this conversation is great. And I love the way Trudy is pivoting throughout the whole thing of trying to figure out how to approach him, you know, because she just desperately doesn't want him to die, you know? Yeah. She doesn't want him to die combined with the fact that she really doesn't want to have to tell Jaffa that she could not do it. I don't think that's as important to her as Bray dying, to be honest. Because if, like, she fails at this, I feel like for Trudy, that would just be like... I mean, Jaffa's going to punish her regardless. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a bonus if she can go to him and please him and tell him the good news. But I honestly think that she wasn't able to win Bray over in this conversation... Jaffa's punishment wouldn't even matter her, to her in that moment. He's She mm. still doesn't have her daughter with her anyway. What else is he going to take? She'd be thinking about the fact that Bray's about to die. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, she gets so vulnerable, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, short of getting on her knees begging this man. And uh, what she says, if, you know, like, don't you know? And, and just the nights I've waited for you, you know, like. Yeah. And he... Oh, the way he responds. Again, don't blame him. I don't blame him for responding that way. But man, what a kick in the teeth. And the way she swallows it has to accept that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like, okay, I know you don't, you you can't forgive me. Okay. Like, she's so gracious. (laughs) Very understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, I want you to live. Like, that frame of mind, she doesn't care if Bray hates her forever as long as he's alive. Yeah, better alive than hating her than you know dead yeah i mean that's some love right there like mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't care if you curse my name into the hades forever as long as you're alive you know uh, wow it's just a great scene and uh, you know what uh, hit me when he said you know i'll do it on one condition and um she's like what and he's like you never speak to me in love again she never does you guys nope i was like oh my gosh she ne- she never breaks that she yeah. And completely accepts it, even when they're friends again. She, you know, and, and he trusts her more than anyone at some point. You know, she never betrays that. She never mentions still loving him. She never talks about it to anybody again. And I don't think she ever stopped. But she, mm-hmm. like, she kept that covenant. And I was like, damn, Trudy. Oh, does she love this man? She loved this man. And then to have all of this go on, it's just, ah, uh, boy. I love Bray's, like, rec- realization. Like, he goes from, I don't care what happens to anybody, to it really, really realizing, oh my gosh, like, I may be the only thing standing between the Mallrats and certain death. Mm-hmm. This isn't about them making it on their own, you know, or making their own decision. They've basically just said they will kill all of them unless I join, you know, and... Uh, Makes him responsible. And he's just so sick. You can tell he's sick to his stomach at the thought of it. But, you know, just like Trudy thought, he wasn't going to let them die, you know. And um, and he's, you can tell he's just so angry that this is what it's going to take to keep them alive. And, of course, he's going to do it. But he's just, oh, don't you ever speak to me about love again. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I guess for, like, Bray, it's almost like it would be killing the last part of himself that he holds on to to do this and he's basically being told you have to kill that part of yourself to save these people you know and i think for bray giving into the chosen even to save the lives of people it would feel like a personal death which is probably why he couldn't do it in the end i don't even fault him Mm -hmm. i don't 
he's bright. Like, this is who he is. <laughs> I wish he were someone different sometimes, but I don't fault him for being who he is. <laughs> especially not right now. Right now, especially. <laughs> like, okay, do what you gotta do, bud. Bray's gotta bray. All right, cool. Um, before we get to that final scene... All that time in league with them, and you can't remember anything that might help us. Ellie, that's not getting us anywhere. I wish I could, Alice. I really do. I'm so sorry. We've got friends we're never going to see again, and all you can say is, I'm so sorry? Please, stop. Cool it, sis. No, I will not. Patsy, you are worse than useless, because you're to blame for this whole thing. Um, I mean, yeah, just briefly, like, what did you make of Ellie in this whole episode? Ah, uh, she's trying so hard to find someone else but herself to blame. I mean, t- to be honest, I, t- I think she had a point that she was to blame for what happened to Jack. Because if she hadn't pushed him, he would have never done this. I think Ellie is Ellie has always been, you know, headstrong and fierce. And I don't think she's ever had to deal with any real consequences for that, you know. And uh, there, there's never been a, like such a bad outcome from her just going with her gut and disregarding what could happen, mm-hmm. you know. And this is the first time that the consequences are absolutely dire. And she can't undo it. She can't apologize. There's nothing she can do to bring Jack back. She has no idea what is going to be done to him and, or if he'll survive or she'll ever see him again. And, I mean, that would be hard for anybody, but especially when you're like 13 years old and the emotions are incredibly strong at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just that sense of like, this is my fault. Now, I can't say whether it's her fault. Jack is a person with his own autonomy, you know, um, but... The point is that she feels it is, and I can understand that. And she needs action. She needs to do something, you know? And um, so, like, just the way she's grilling Patsy, she's so desperate to fix this. Like, it just felt very Ellie, you know? It's like, yeah, I got to be doing something, and then I can I can make up for this, and I can get Jack back. You know, I can fix it, but I have to have an action. I, I have to, you know, something to do. I can't just sit around here waiting, you know, for news and... I need something I can focus on. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I actually like that moment of growth for her. Like, don't try to tell me it's not my fault. There's a, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. cause you know, she does get catered to by her big sister and her friends. And the fact that she's like, no, she's taking this ownership. Don't even say it. He wouldn't have done it. If I hadn't said anything, I was the one who pushed him and now I'll mm-hmm. never know what happened to him. And, um, and then can we talk about Patsy's growth? Oh my gosh. This girl has had a rough <laughs> week. Like, now, there was a time when I was, like, totally on board with what Ellie said. Like, you're not only useless, <laughs> but you're to blame for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time I was like, well, you know, she's not wrong. But um, now I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not dissing Ellie for feeling that way. And it would, it, somebody needed to have a go at Patsy. Someone needed to have a reaction to Patsy's part in all this. And most of them have been, you know, poised and keeping it together and not really pointing fingers at each other. Mm-hmm. But considering Ellie's state of mind, it just made sense that she yeah. would have the go at Patsy. You know, I don't think she would have done this if Jack hadn't been taken away. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would ever have a conversation where she was blaming Patsy for this. But she's very upset, very distraught, needs to be able to do something. And Patsy's basically telling her, I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. And Patsy was fantastic. Like, I, this child has had to grow up so fast. Yeah. She doesn't fall back on any of her Patsy-isms. 
she doesn't whine. She doesn't cry. She doesn't run away. She doesn't look for someone to save her from having to take responsibility from her actions. She just takes it. All she says is, just please don't. I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Like, this little girl has had to grow up so quickly mm -hmm. and take responsibility for her actions. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> You've had a rough past. <laughs> Your childhood yeah. died gruesomely. <laughs> You can see the change that's happened in Patsy. She can no longer expect someone else to save her, protect her, tell her what to do. She has no choice but to take ownership for herself. Her demeanor changes so much going forth, which again, I love that. I love when experiences change characters, you know. All she does, she doesn't even like get mad at Ellie or say it's not my fault. She doesn't whine to Alice. She just leans in for comfort, you know. And if you just think about it, how hard that must have been for Patsy. Considering what she thought they'd all say to her, she might, mm -hmm. on some level she had been thinking, well, it could have been worse. <laughs> ah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> could have been way worse. Yeah, yeah but still. You know, she was expecting to be stoned by everybody. She couldn't even face them. And within a day, she's decided, nope, I have to face them. I have to. And mm -hmm. I, I gotta, you know, accept that they're gonna be mad at me. And it sucks and i'm all i can say is i'm sorry you know that's remorse right there patsy feels genuine mm -hmm. remorse <laughs> it's your fault kiddo you were manipulated you were dumb but it's not your fault mm -hmm. that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode fellow morax it's good to see you guys i've been thinking long and hard about our future and it seems we have no choice the chosen they control the whole city they're our leaders now if we don't join them, we'll become slaves, or worse. But if we do, but if we do, but if we do join them, then we will suffer far, far more. Guard, take him away. We'll lose our hopes, our dreams, our future, and without that, we're nothing. Never give in to the Chosen. They can claim our bodies, but not our souls. Panel, cliffhanger, what do you think? Pray, pray, pray. I, I remember my first my first response to this when I watched it the very first time was, Oh my god, Bray, are you truly that big of an idiot? <laughs> They're gonna kill you, man. Not just you, Bray. They threaten to kill everybody. <laughs> you have your principles, and yet you decide there and then that you can't say a couple of words to save everyone. And sorry, that just felt incredibly selfish like it just because i hadn't expected it when it happened the first time um i i felt like a genuine surprise bray seemed pretty broken mm -hmm. you know and uh he was doing a very good job of that and so i was like oh so this is the direction they're gonna go to get mm -hmm. the mall rats they broke bray and the guardian's just gonna continue breaking him so i just figured that was the way we were going in the story so when bray was just like but if we do but if we do, and it's like, oh, oh my yep. God, this is yep. what he's going to play. Oh my, oh my. And I remember actually thinking, are they going to kill off Bray? But then I forgot that no, because he's in the credits looking at him. <laughs> so clearly there are more scenes with him. Um, he's not going anywhere. But for a split second, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, they're going to play it like this. And it was just a nice like shake up. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. Even though, yes, Bray, that was very dumb. Uh but you know, whatever you and your principles, I guess. And um, <laughs> uh, 
I've seen you give up your principles before, but uh, whatevs, you know, whatevs. <laughs> He's like me in that he has principles if it suits him. It was a cool scene. You know, he got to go out all valiant. Um, that was pretty cool. I love the mixed reactions from the mall rat. That's probably my favorite thing because you had people who, you know, you could almost tell like they were relieved when Bray was saying they should go with the chosen. And yeah. you, could, you had people who were like, what? Bray saying? But not everyone reacted that way. There were some who were just like, preach. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, or just kind of just like, oh, thank God we don't have to fight anymore, you know, or whatever. And then when he flips out and <laughs> says the opposite, those who were like, yeah, there were some fighting faces. And then there were a couple of like, oh, crap. What is this mean for us? <laughs> oh, Celine's face at that moment. It was just. Oh no! Like, there were a couple of expressions like that I thought were great. Not everyone's yeah. on the same page here. <laughs> no, and then but specifically for Celine, it's so double because you know, and no food, and no chance. So she gets told she shouldn't give in, but she wants to. And yeah, this might mean that they will kill Bray. Yes, you must have realized that uh, the Guardian would not let this slide, you know? There were some looks of genuine shock. There were some drop jaws mm -hmm. in that crowd of kids. Like, what? <laughs> um, and, um, oh, and the body language of The Chosen was great, too. Poor Trudy mm -hmm. is like, no! <laughs> but I can't express how I feel in front of everybody and... There's, it, there's, I can't save him now. It's over. And mm -hmm. the, guard, oh, the guardian. <laughs> he had to say something. He was so mad. He was so mad. Like, oh my gosh, he convinced me, and I let him rally the troops. Mallrats just keep making me look bad in front of them. Mm. Yep. And of course, this is all Trudy's fault. I should have never listened to that one. Oh man. You know he's thinking, I knew it! I knew it! I knew I couldn't, I shouldn't have bothered with him. Ugh. Kicking himself. I thought I'd broken him. Yeah, but then on the other hand, you know, having the excuse to kill him. I think he would have preferred it being more on his terms. I think that's what annoys him. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Bray was the one who really got to decide how this was going to pan out. And this is not yep. the way the Guardian would have had it pan out, with him looking kind of foolish, you know? Yeah. Would have been better to just, you know, give him the honor of reuniting him. <sighs> yeah, if you can forget about it, the credits, you know, where you see him in a few more scenes, you could, I think, briefly think, oh my gosh, are they going to kill off Bray? Mm -hmm. But the credits do spoil just, just too much, you mm -hmm. know, for the season. Yeah, that was always a shame. Yeah, if you can just forget the credits, that yeah, is a good cliffhanger. <laughs> Like, oh, are we actually going to get to see this death one? Or is he just going to disappear like everybody else? Can you imagine if they, if they had gotten rid of Bray at this point in time? We lost Amber, we lost Danny, we lost Bray. And then Amber returns, but there's no <laughs> more Bray. Wow. Oh my gosh. Even Bray. Remember, we were introduced to Bray before. Being a Mara is just not good for your longevity in this world. Nope. Like, you'll have moments of prosperity, but your personal happiness... Comes and goes. I mean, Bray, he, his story ends on a sad note. And it all started when he met these friggin' Marats. Like, he had a mission. He was going to save his brother. 
it all went awry because of the mall rats. Yep. You know, I like, oh my gosh. The mall rats and their pesky dog. All of these characters who got pulled into the mall rats had these tragic endings. <laughs> these just tragic lives. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, that's so sad and depressing. <sighs> so many characters. So many characters. With just dismal endings. Sad lives. Full of tragedy. Misery. One loss after another. And it all started when they met the Morats. And they all said, hey, let's be Morats. Can you imagine? Even Sandra. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. It's so sad, especially when you think of how many of these things likely wouldn't have happened if they hadn't engaged with the Mallrats. <laughs> because being a part being a part of the tribe played such a significant role in their downfall. <laughs> like I said, they have moments of prosperity, but but um... <laughs> all happiness for the Mallrats is short lived. <laughs> Heroes, this is so tragic. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> so- I'm just, I'm just going through the roster of characters and the horrible things that happened to them, and I'm just like, oh my gosh! Yep. You literally have to escape the vortex of the Morad to have a happy ending. <laughs> and so many aren't able to do that. The core Morads, you guys. Just the core. I want you to, on your own time, just think about it, pound <laughs> it up, and think about the percentage of the core mall rats who all had just a horrible ending. Like, it's not, it's implied that it didn't go well for them. Even if they just disappeared, it was bad. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so sad. I, I mean, just think about it. If Alice had not crossed paths with these mall rats, he would not, probably not have ended up in that cage in the end. She wouldn't have lost Ned. She wouldn't have met oh, Ned. Yeah, she would have met, yeah. <laughs> happy on her farm. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I think about the children. Patsy, Chloe, KZ, Paul. It's just... Dal. Dal! <laughs> oh yeah, he'd be... He'd be oh, <laughs> I mean, if Carolyn isn't here, someone has to point it out. He'd be happy, yeah, on his piece of land. He'd be uh, alive. Well... <laughs> You know, he might have, you know, Dal might have eventually ran into Ellie and Alice, maybe. And just happily offered his services at the farm. Yeah, pretty much. Lex basically puts three women into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, God. It's just, it's bad all around. Single character really escapes it. Oh, the stuff they go through. Even if they manage to survive. Like, okay, Jack and Ellie get a semi-happy ending. But what torment they had to go through to get there! (laughs) Jay remains unscathed. (laughs) There's no justice in this world. (laughs) (sighs) Why? Why did you have to mention Jay? Yeah, on that cheery note, <laughs> that brings Series 3, Episode 3 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And as always, if I take part in a future episode of the podcast, please just send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for Episode 4. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.